رادیو رومی Hi everyone, I am Fatime Keshavarz, a teacher of Persian, mostly poetry and mystical topics at University of Maryland, College Park. And it is my pleasure to be talking to you all about the poetry of Rumi from my own home at Silver Spring. It's a beautiful mid-October afternoon. It's sunny and quiet. And in fact, I'm deeply grateful that my loving neighbors are not cutting their grass or it would just become impossible for me to record this program. Well, while we have the time, let's get talking about Rumi and let's remember one of his most well-known phrases or lines of poetry, Hin speak a new language so the world would be a new world. You know, when I started recording these programs, one of the thoughts I had was, do I have enough to say about Rumi? How many programs can I record and would it be meaningful? Am I going to get repetitive? The more I do the programs, the more I realize how deep is this sea of thinking and poetry, which is, of course, based on a whole tradition and on a whole culture of Persian speakers, which was itself a series of cultures when you think about the fact that all the people we know as Afghans and Persians and Tajiks and many, many other people spoke this language and traveled across these borders for centuries and exchanged with each other. So it is not surprising that we have an amazing cultural treasure, really, treasure trove to open and to benefit from. You know, I have always been telling you about my experiences at home as a child. I grew up in the city of Shiraz in southwest of Iran. And I have to tell you today that um, 
one of the things that was very important in my house, besides poetry, was mathematics. Um, for some reason, I grew up thinking that um, these two topics were so interrelated, so connected with each other. And I never questioned that. Only later on in life, I began to think about the connection between the two. Of course, um, Persian tradition has had great mathematicians who were also amazing poets. Uh, one example, or maybe the most prominent example, is Omar Khayyam, who wrote um, the Rubaiyat, the quatrains, the short poems that are very witty and beautiful and short and easy to remember. And also um, did mathematical work, wrote equations which are now known um, as Khayyam Pascal equations because later on the French mathematician Pascal also worked on the same thing, only to discover later that Omar Khayyam had done similar um, calculations before. But why am I saying this now, not in order to really give any uh, in-depth discussions of mathematics, which I'm, for one thing, not able to do, but to remind us that maybe part of the connection between these two fields come from the fact that they both try to be as concise as possible, as logical as possible, as elegant as possible. They bring a lot of thought and meaning together and condense them in kind of formulas, if you like, um, though their formulas are very different from each other. And they do away with a lot of unnecessary things. And the reason why I'm referring to all of these things is because today I am going to have a quote for you from Albert Einstein, the famous and closer to our time um, genius mathematician who you all know about. Well, I grew up admiring Albert Einstein and reading about him in Persian before I was ever read to any texts in, read any texts in English. But here, here's a quote in English from Albert Einstein, and I think you're going to find it extremely close to what we have been saying about Rumi all these days. Einstein wrote, a human being is a part of a whole. A human being is a part of a whole called by us universe. So he sees as all, as a part of the universe. And as a part, he says, we are a part limited in time and space. So again, a human being is a part of the whole called by us universe, but a part limited in time and space. He experiences, that's human being, and of course, male pronouns were used at that time to refer to all humanity. But what he means is that the humanity experiences himself 
his thoughts and feelings as something separated from the rest. A kind of optical delusion of his consciousness. In other words, we just see ourselves disconnected from the universe. We see ourselves as separate, as if we have to only pay attention to ourselves. And then he goes on to say, this delusion is a kind of prison for us, restricting us to our personal desires and to affection for a few persons nearest to us. Oh, this is a longer quote, and I'm going to come back to the rest of it, but I just love this last part so much. This delusion is a kind of prison for us and restricts us to our personal desires and to affection for a few persons nearest to us. It is so much like when Rumi says, Hale aushan bekushid, ke jesmo jan namangad, diletan becharg parad, cho badan giran namangad. Oh, lovers. And of course, Rumi always refers to all of us as lovers because he's hoping we will become lovers. That is seen by him as our primary function, to fall in love. So, oh lovers, try not to be bound by your body and soul. So your mind can fly up high into the sky and not be weighed down by the weight of your body. The same kind of freedom that Einstein is talking about. Now, let's go on with more of Einstein's thought. After he says that this delusion of separation from the rest of the universe is like a prison for us, he says, Einstein says, our task must be to free ourselves from this prison by widening our circle of compassion to embrace all living creatures, and the whole of nature in its beauty. Isn't that poetic? But it's also very mathematical. It's very precise. You have to see that the separation is a delusion and open up to the rest of the universe. And then he goes on to say, nobody is able to achieve this completely. In other words, if you're not able to free yourselves, if you're not able to become a part of the universe and feel it, don't blame yourself. Nobody is really going to be able to achieve this completely. But the striving for such achievement is in itself a part of the liberation. Again, what an amazing observation. You know, one of the lessons that mystics of all traditions, Christian, Jewish, Muslim, Hindu, have always taught us is that the significance of a journey is not in its destination. 
the journey itself is the destination. The moment we get on the road, the moment we're ready to move on, that is what matters. That is the moment, the beginning, the freedom, the exploration. And that's exactly what, what Einstein is saying. Nobody is able to achieve this realization of the connection with the universe. But the striving for such achievement is in itself a part of the liberation and a foundation for inner security. What an amazing insight. And so delightful that now we can move on to this beautiful ghazal of Rumi, which I just opened a line of to show you the similarity between what he says and what Einstein just said. So let's read that poem again. So, oh lovers, just try not to stay limited to your own body and soul. Work, bekushit, try to let your heart fly free and not be weighed down by your body. Because, as Einstein said, this feeling that you're just tied to your body is an illusion. Much of what we do and achieve, we do with our minds, with our hearts, with our desires, with our planning. And so, it's time to value them as an important part of us. And then, Rumi moves on to give one of the best pieces of advice that anybody has ever given us. Wash that heart and soul with water of wisdom, of learning. Hikmat is a very complex um, and deep word. It included um, medical knowledge, it included philosophy, it included wisdom, being able to find solutions. And so he says, wash that body and soul with knowledge. And that would help you take your eyes from backward looking towards the earth. Not that the earth is not important. There is a lot in his poetry that focuses on our body, on our connection to the earth and to the nature. So I don't want to give an impression that these are not important to him. But it is important to be connected, but not imprisoned. That comes up again and again in his writings, that there is a difference 
between inhabiting a space and being a captive of that space. The same is true of ideology. These days it seems to be so easy to draw a line around ourselves and see ourselves as, I don't know, religious or secular or democrat or republican or many other titles that we give ourselves. And unfortunately, so often they turn into prisons for us. Okay, Rumi has this um, really beautiful and poetic habit of giving us examples and giving us justifications for what he says. Sometimes they are funny, they are playful. Very often, actually, they are playful. And he kind of says it a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but there is a poetic logic in it. When he says it, it kind of captures our hearts. So it kind of the logic of it is powerful in that sense. So he continues this discourse of wash your hearts and minds with and bodies in the water of wisdom. And then he says, why? Because isn't that true that whatever exists and is alive, love is its soul? In other words, isn't it true that the whole life has come to life and is animated by love? So, believe me when I tell you, other than love, nothing is going to last. Our bodies grow old, the seasons change, flowers come and go, fruits come to season and disappear, our children grow and develop a life of their own, which is all wonderful, but what remains for us? is that love that connects us with all of those things. And then it goes on again to explain the thought that Einstein ex expressed before, that thinking that we are the center of the universe and everything that serves us individually is the most important. So he says, Adam to Hamcho Mashrek, Ajal to Hamcho Hamcho Magreb, Suya Osamon, a digar, Kebosman Namonet. So he says, You know, you can think of not being, non existence, and death like the coming up of the sun and the going down of the sun from, e from the east to the west. So think of other horizons, horizons that do not look like this one. So And then he gives that what I have before also referred to in, in these conversations, but what we call in Persian a shahbet, something that's like the king of these lines. And that's this verse. Raha'a osaman darunas. 
پر عشق به جنبان رها آسمان درون است پر عشق به جنبان پر عشق چون قوی شد غم نردبان نماند so strengthen your wings the way up there is first inside You have to first go inside and work on the strengths you have. Help these wings to grow strong. And if you remember, that's why I told you earlier that he's very much against sadness and sitting in a corner because the more you do that, the weaker you, can, you will get. Because what gets the wings strong is the practice of flying. But anyway, let's not digress from this beautiful topic. So, Raha Asaman Darun Nast, Pareshk Bejomban, Pareshk Chon Kavishot, Amenardeban Namonet. When you developed strong wings, you're not going to worry about a ladder to climb up. Why? Because a ladder is not attached to you. It is not an organic part of you. Someone can take it away from you. But the strength of your wings is yours forever. In other words, acknowledging the vastness of the universe and wanting to be a part of it does not mean that you should not strengthen yourself as an individual. In fact, the first way is inside. And once you developed that strength, then you head up towards the sky. And then he goes on to give another example to Mabin Jahan Zabirun ke Jahan Darun چو دو دیده را به بستی ز جهان جهان نماند and that's an amazing simple mathematical reality he says don't think that the significance of, of the world is only the world out there it's also significant that you have the eyes to see it Because imagine the whole world is out there, but if you close your eyes, that world is taken from you. You have to keep the eyes open. Stay connected to the universe. Remember Einstein's word? You have to keep that, those eyes open for the rest of the world. To continue to be an extension of who you are. And you an, an extension of the universe. And then he ends this ghazal really beautifully. It's one of my favorite, favorite lines. Because he says, So let me read it one more time. 
It's a very complex line. تو زلوه دل فروخان به تمامی این قزل را. من اگر تو در زبانم که لب و زبان نماند. So he says, now's your turn. You will be the extension of my poetry. And you have to connect with my heart. Do not just connect with my words. Do not just connect with my tongue. Connect with my heart. My tongue, my face, my physical being is going to disappear. But if you're connected to my heart, if you are an extension of these thoughts and you can develop them for yourself, then it does not matter that 800 years from now, I am not there because there will be a somebody, maybe a Fatima Keshavars, maybe many others who will read these words and you will connect with me one more time and maybe you will become my vehicle too. Maybe, maybe you will also carry these words forward and pass them on to other people. Now, um, you know, I had thought of reading to you some short, beautiful rabais, but there is so much and it's hard to choose. Rumi actually has a beautiful line that describes our situation very beautifully. He says, Gerberizi Bahra der Kuzei Chand Gunjat Esmate Yekruzei Gerberizi Bahra der Kuzei Chand Gunjat Esmate Yekruzei If you pour the sea into a jog, how much does it take? as much as one day use. So we can only pour into these half an hour, 32 minutes programs as fits in there. But we still have a few minutes left. So let me take that idea of staying connected with the universe and defying religious and ideological and um, racial and gender and other demarcations uh, so we are not imprisoned in these uh, labels. Now Rumi has an amazingly beautiful ghazal that is addressed to Muslims who went through the pilgrimage to Mecca which was and to this day is probably the most significant religious rite that an individual Muslim um, will perform. So, see what Rumi tells that person. Ey qawma be hajj rafte kujaui, kujaui, mashuq hamijast, biaui, biaui. Oh, pilgrims who have traveled to Mecca, where are you? The beloved is here. Come back. Come back. 
ای قوم به حج رفته کجایید کجایید معشوق همین جاست بیایید بیایید معشوق تو هم سایه و دیوار به دیوار در بادی سرگشته شما در چه هوایید Your beloved is your neighbor is in fact living next door to you What are you doing running all the way in the desert? Because, of course, at that time, nobody had tickets for airplanes to go to Mecca. So people actually literally went through the desert. So he says, what are you doing running around in that barren land? You know? And let me open a little parenthesis and say he's not against performing these religious rites. Actually, sometimes people misunderstand this and think that he's telling people, don't do your prayers or, you know, whatever your religion, just give up. No. In fact, he wants you to be committed to anything that you as a human being find um, answers to your inner spiritual desire. What he's saying is, Don't let that become a prison for you because then it is not doing what it should be doing. And back to the poem. Ey qoma be haj rafte kujaweed kujaweed mashuq hamin jaz biaweed biaweed mashuq to ham saye wa divar be divar dar badi sargasht shoma dar che hawaeed گر صورت بی صورت معشوق ببینید هم خاجب و هم خانه و هم کعب شمایید See, we are back right to what Einstein told us If we can connect to the rest of the universe and free ourselves from our form then we are an unlimited being. Here Rumi says, if you see the formless form of the beloved, which is of course the spread everywhere in the universe, if you see the formless form of the beloved, you are the Mecca You are the owner of that house. You are the place you are going to make a pilgrimage to. Ten times, as I walked from that house, one time, from that tree, So he puts you, me, us, on a parallel level. with the house of Kaaba. And he says, 10 times you've gone that way, you've gone to that house once, for once, come inside the house of your being and climb up to the roof. Yek bar az in khane, bar in baum barawi. آن خانه لطیف است نشانهاش بگفتید از خاجه آن خانه نشانی بنمایید او یا 
That house is beautiful. You've been telling us about that house. Now please tell me about the owner of that house. And this is about the house of Kaaba, which is very often referred to. There's really nobody living there ever. Um, but it's one of the, it's a holiest site, and it's usually referred to as the house of God. So he says, okay, that's a beautiful house. You've gone there. You've told us all about it. Now tell me a little bit about the owner of that house. Have you ever come face to face with God? Have you ever been connected to this universe? and felt that wholeness. So show me a sign. Yek daste ye gul ku agaran baq bedidid. Yek gohar jan ku agar az bahr khodaid. Where is one bouquet of flower? If you went to that garden. Where is one pearl? If you dived into that sea. In other words, what matters is what you bring along with you. The change it makes for you. And you know, Rumi being Rumi, being a very kind person, in the end he turns to them and says to the pilgrim, pilgrims who've gone to Mecca, and he says, Ba in Hameh. آن رنج شما گنج شما باد افسوس که بر گنج شما پرده شما Oh, despite all of this I wish that and hope that the trouble you've taken to take this trip will become a treasure for your life What a pity that sometimes you are the one that covers that treasure and takes it away from yourself. Thank you for listening, everybody. Don't forget you can send me an email in radiorumi at umd.edu and I would love to always hear from you thoughts, ideas, suggestions, questions, and comments. Have a wonderful day or night or any other time you're having. Talk to you soon. Sana mal der 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 der